Kentucky gets a massive win over Central Michigan, but has some offensive concerns in the second half. Nick Scalzo, the third-string quarterback for the Wildcats, has officially announced he is entering the transfer portal. All of that and more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Kentucky. You are Locked On Kentucky. Your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. This episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Kentucky's 85-57 to win over the Central Michigan Chippewas uh, just yesterday night. We're also going to be talking about third-string quarterback Nick Scalzo. He entered the transfer portal on Monday. We're going to talk about what that means for the program as well as offensive lineman Jake Pope. Uh, also announced his uh, his uh, intention to enter the transfer portal. So we're going to talk about that later on in the show. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified whenever the next episode comes out. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, also host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports in Central Alabama. Also writer for USA Today Sports, but I, uh, I cover uh, a lot of different SEC-related things, but on this podcast, we're going to be talking about all things Kentucky athletics. All right, starting off at the top here, I predicted that the Wildcats would win this one. I believe 95-58 to 58 was the final score that I had, so I was essentially off by 10 points, and a lot of that had to do with the second-half slump uh, the Wildcats have, but we'll get to that uh, later on in the show. I want to start here with some of the impressions that I had in the first half. Uh, Kentucky was able to apply some pressure to the Chippewas uh, early. They forced some turnovers. I believe they had nine turnovers uh, in the uh, in the first 10 or so minutes of this game. And then after that, uh, Central Michigan really stopped turning the ball over. They really made some nice adjustments. But early on, this is what I've been harping on so far this season. In order for the Wildcats to get off to hot starts, they have to put pressure on the ball, and they have to run well in transition. They ran really well in transition last game. They were able to get out on the fast break whenever turnovers were happening against North Florida. Man, it was absolutely beautiful the way that Severe Wheeler handled himself. This game... Kentucky was doing that early. They were uh, they were knocking down shots in transition. I believe they were 11 of 12 from the floor at one point early on in this game. I mean, they were just blowing Central Michigan out of the water early. Uh, Central Michigan couldn't buy a bucket, and the Wildcats were just like, yep, thank you, we're just going to be running out. And, uh, oh, look, there's a three. Oh, look, there's a pull-up uh, jumper by us. Of, uh, of all people, and uh, Ty Ty Washington was getting involved, and it was just it was just really, really nice the, the way the offense was flowing uh, early. They were also controlling the boards, 48 rebounds to 33 uh, rebounds for the Chippewas on the day. They had 18 offensive rebounds to the Wildcats. They were just cleaning house on the glass, and this is to be expected. I broke down the statistics uh, on, uh, on Monday's show previewing this matchup. Central Michigan, one of the worst teams in the nation in offensive rebounding. Uh, Kentucky, I believe, second nationally in offensive rebounding percentage, and a lot of that has to do with what Sheboy did in this game. 
But yeah, they controlled the boards. They uh, they got turnovers early, and they were running in transition really, really well. And they were just firing on all cylinders to uh, start the game. And honestly, that's to be expected against the Chippewas team. That is one and six now on the year. Kentucky six and one five game winning streak after opening the season with a loss to Duke, 79-71 there. But yeah, this was to be expected. I mean, the Chippewas. You look at their resume uh, again, one and five. They've they've really fallen apart against some. Halfway decent to to decent teams. They lost to Missouri by 10. They lost to DePaul 99 to 66. They lost to Gonzaga uh, by over 50 points. They lost to uh, Bellarmine College this past weekend. Uh, or, excuse me, last week. This is uh, this is a team that's really not doing a lot of things well, specifically on the defensive end, giving up about 84 points a game. Kentucky got 85 in this contest, and they were uh, they were really shooting lights out in the first half. 51 points. Uh, from the Wildcats, you look at some of the, the impressive individual performances. I know I kind of highlighted some of the guys, but Oscar Shebway was playing really well early. He finished with 20 points and 15 rebounds. This was kind of the Oscar Shebway show. Uh, he was able to just, just uh, get any sort of offensive rebound that he wanted. He just always put himself in the right position at the right time. He's been doing it all season. I think the the, the lowest total he's had was, was just a couple of games ago, just 10 rebounds. Uh, I, I forget the opponent, but this guy has been absolutely phenomenal. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's it's so fascinating to see SEC Network announcers just, just fawn over this kid. And something that the color analysts typically bring up, and I think it's a really good point, is this kid, I mean, he's five, he, or excuse me, he's six foot nine. He's not, he's not five nine. Goodness gracious, he wouldn't be getting all those rebounds. But he's six foot nine. It's not like this guy's... 6'11", 7 foot tall, 7 foot 1. I mean, it's not the 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 largest center or forward in the world. He's just put himself in really good spots to rebound and he's always there. It feels like on a miss. Something that uh one of one of the SEC network color analysts was was breaking down something that Shibway said earlier on in the week is that, you know, he always knows the trajectory and the way that the the individual players that shoot on his team, he knows how their trajectory of their shot is. He knows where it's going to hit on the rim. He knows how they play. So whenever they put a shot up, he's going to put himself in a position where he can get the rebound because he knows if they shoot hard, typically. He knows if they shoot short. He knows what side of the rim they prefer on what side of the court whenever they shoot it. Uh, just inc- it, it, There's a lot more that goes into rebounding than just going up and getting a basketball. And Oscar Shibwe... Has, uh, has has been really talented in doing so so far this season. Ty Ty Washington, creating his own shot in space. This is something that I've harped on uh, so far this season. Uh, this is something that SEC Network is just now, it feels like, starting to talk about, but I, I just want to say I, I, I talked about it first. A lot of things on the broadcast that I noticed that I've just kind of been harping on that SEC Network uh, was, was really, really hammering home tonight is Ty Ty Washington is, is a great... Uh, is a great score in isolation situations. You can get him a little bit of space, and he will uh, he'll find you that mid-range floater. He'll find you that three, that step-back three. He knows how to create on his own, and he's just a freshman. He finished with 15 points, six rebounds, two assists, six of, of, of 11 from the floor, three of five from three. He is uh, leading the team in scoring right now, and I really hope he continues to to expand uh, offensively as a player. He's also pretty good defensively. He's shown a lot of intensity there. Almost had a couple of blocks. I believe one of them uh, was, uh, was was goaltending. No turnovers in this game either for Ty Ty. Just showing some real maturity for a kid that is uh, 
playing his first seven collegiate games uh, with the Kentucky Wildcats. All right, that's, so that's what I noticed from the first half. A couple of really nice individual performances. 51 points, by the way. I want to emphasize that. 51 points in the first half. They were shooting lights out, shooting really, really well. And then things started to fall apart a little bit in the second half, and we're going to get to that in just a sec- second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at NetSuite. All right, picture this. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, and it's all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Head over to netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa for special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash NCAA. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I absolutely love Prize Picks, and I know that you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and they offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid major players you might not have ever even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown. All of the users that make a deposit using promo code LOCKEDON will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, just be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON when you make a deposit. You can pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawal, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. All right, so continuing along here on the show. Again, really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind you guys again, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified when the next episode comes out. We're putting out some fantastic content here. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just really enjoying what what I've uh, been able to do here at the start of the show over the past couple weeks. All right, so second-half impressions from Kentucky's win over Central Michigan. Obviously, like I was talking about earlier, 51 points in the first half for the Wildcats, and then the Wildcats got into a little bit of a shooting slump. So I mentioned they were shooting well over 50% at the end of the first half. I don't have the number right in front of me, but I know for a fact it was well over 50% at one point. Again, they were 11 of 12 from the floor. They finished the day shooting 43.1% from the field, 31 of 72. They were 7 of 26 from three on the day, and they shot 66.7% from the free throw line. And those were the final stats. They had 51 points in the first half, and then they, uh, they had 34 points in the second half, as opposed to Central Michigan's 32. So Central Michigan almost tied Kentucky in the second half. And it was not it was not necessarily Central Michigan playing well, although I did really like some of the cuts and some of the things that they ran in their offense late in that game whenever Kentucky started to really not care about defending anything. They had some nice plays, some nice backdoor cuts, some nice open shots. Um, 
but it was not because Central Michigan just really fought really hard to get back into this game. It was very sloppy play from Kentucky. There were at least three lobs that were attempted in the second half, and I don't think any of them were converted. I think one of them was a foul. Shibway was trying to go up for it, and uh, he was he was held or pushed before he could uh, he could throw it down. But even then, you go back and look at the replay. It looked like it was either too too he was already too far behind the basket, or it was just the the lob was off. And so my point being, like even if there were two lobs that were uh, performed in the second half. Look, you do not you're you're not supposed to play the score. This is something that Cal has harped on. You're not supposed to play the score in these non-conference matchups, these really easy wins that you're going to have. You're supposed to play as if the score is tied or it's still 0-0. Just go out there and put out your best effort, and I know it's really really difficult to do that whenever you're literally up by 34 points at one point in the second half, but you've got to be able to to pace yourself You've got to be able to mentally uh, continue to fight in matchups like this. And uh, goodness knows I've talked about it a lot on this show. You're not going to get any breaks once SEC play starts. You're not going to be able to settle down in the second half. And these kids know this. I mean, they've been in this position before, including the freshmen in high school. Or that, that, that have only have a high school experience, excuse me. They know that they are going to have to really ramp things up. And so it's just all about how much do they apply themselves in, in halves like this? How much do they try and learn about their offense? How much do they try and grow as individual players and as a collective team instead of throwing up lobs, chucking up ill-advised threes, and not really running the offense, which is what happened in the second half, and that's why they only scored 34 points. I thought Kentucky was going to get to 95 points in this game because of how hot they've been shooting. The statistics reflected the fact that they should be able to clean up on the offensive glass. They should be able to knock down threes on Central Michigan. They should be able to do whatever they wanted, and they essentially did, and then they got ahead of themselves in the second half, and I don't want to see it. Again, it's it's okay that it happened. I mean, they won... They won by almost 30 points still. They won. But I don't want to see that moving forward because if it develops into a little bit of a habit, I don't want this team to mentally, in in second half later on in the season, start to really slide. Because I've seen, not just Kentucky, but other SEC teams, and you could just see it across sports in general. You start to let up, and then teams start to creep back in. You can have that twenty that you can have that twenty point lead in football. You can have that twenty eight to three lead, but you know in the back of your mind, if you don't continue to play with the intensity that you had in the first half, you could potentially let up a massive upset. Obviously, I'm referring to the Super Bowl, and then I mean, even we we even saw it uh, just a few weeks ago when Auburn played Mississippi State in football. I mean, Auburn had a twenty eight to three lead at one point in that first half, and it dwindles. It dwindles right before your eyes if you're not able to keep uh, that intensity going. Kentucky plays uh, Southern University next Tuesday. That's their next matchup. And again, that's another game where Kentucky should be favored and they should go and blow that team out. We'll preview that matchup uh, in just a few days from now. But, I mean, what, what happened in the second half against the Chippewas, in my opinion, was unacceptable, and we, we don't need to see that moving forward because what's after Southern? Well, you've got Notre Dame, Ohio State, Louisville, and then you're in SEC play. This may be the last game you get to kind of fool around in the second half. 
have fun. I'm I'm all for fun. I'm all for throwing lobs, and I'm all for uh, laughing with your teammates, and I'm all for bringing each other up and and, and playing with that intensity and, and truly enjoying the game. This is not military. This is not the military, but you have to understand when those moments come and when to actually when to, when to actually make those moments happen. When to actually throw that lob up, because twice I I saw a lob that was a. It, it, for a lack of a better word, it was a stupid play. It was just a dumb play. I don't want to see that in this Wildcats team if they truly, if they truly uh, believe in themselves and they truly think that they're a national championship contender. If they want to pride themselves on playing sound fundamental basketball, they won't make dumb mistakes against a one in five Chippewas team in the future. That's not going to happen. By the way, shout out to Tony uh, Barbie for uh, making a return to Rupp Arena. Uh, really hope. For for the uh, the Chippewas, I do hope that his program succeeds, and I hope that he's uh he's able to do some good things there. I know that he's kind of made his rounds. I believe he was at UTEP, he was at Auburn, uh, he's been at a few different spots. I hope he's able to do good uh, with the Chippewas, but they're not off to a good start here. And uh, Kentucky ran away with this one again, eighty-five to fifty-seven. Love what I saw in the first half. No intensity whatsoever in the second. Would like to see that pick up in in the next in a few games here because there's not a lot of opportunities left for Kentucky to just fall apart. Uh, mentally whenever whenever uh, the opportunity is provided. All right, we're going to talk about Nick Scalzo entering the, uh, the transfer portal and what it could mean for the Wildcats in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts like this one for the power of the inside track, and you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone, so you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can share all the insights. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and that all that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and you can find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Today's show also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march into the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, you do not want to wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so wrapping up the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky here, talking about Nick Scalzo entering the transfer portal along with offensive lineman Jake Pope. They uh, both announced their uh, decision earlier. Uh, earlier uh, to, on, on Monday, excuse me, Scalzo announced his decision via Twitter. Pope's entry into the portal was confirmed to the Herald uh, letter by the school, according to uh, Kentucky.com. 
just going to read an excerpt here from Nick Scalzo's tweet. He said, I would like to thank everyone at the University of Kentucky for an amazing three years. Through numerous ups and downs, I have learned many valuable lessons. Through these moments, I have learned the power of resilience and the importance of being a team player. I would like to thank Coach Stoops for treating me like a son and all of the coaches for helping mold me into the player and person I am today. I am blessed to be able to say I'm leaving the university as a better overall player, both mentally and physically. I've built so many remarkable friendships over the past three years. To those that have made these years some of the ones that I will hold closest to my heart, thank you. I will cherish the memories of my time here for many years to come. That tweet was made at 1020 uh, on, on Monday uh, morning. So Nick Scalzo, again, entering the transfer portal. He did not uh, record a stat for the Wildcats this season. He appeared in one game, took his uh, first snaps in the, on the final series of uh, Kentucky's 56-16 win over New Mexico State uh, just, a, just a week or so ago. Did not um, run the ball or attempt a pass. Um, Mark Stoops uh, made a comment about Scalzo after the game. He said that was awesome. Everyone on the team works just as hard as the next guy to them, and a lot of it goes unnoticed. But it's great when you get to see those guys on the field and play. Scalzo is from uh, Fort Lauderdale, Fort Florida, has gone undergone uh, two ACL surgeries since committing to Kentucky and actually briefly entered the portal uh, earlier this year in January so he is, uh, he's been through some ups and downs with the Wildcat, surely. And like he uh, said in his tweet, uh, Coach Stoops and the, uh, the staff have, have treated him very, very well. And I, I wish him the best. I hope he's uh, able to uh, find a school that he can uh, actually go and, and play legitimate minutes for. I really root whenever kids enter the transfer portal, even for teams that I don't necessarily care about or uh, root for. I really hope that they're able to uh, find a school that not that not they're not only able to transfer to, but they're able to actually play for and they're able to start for. And I really hope the same for Nick Scalzo. I absolutely hope that he's able to uh, find a team that will take him and uh, a team that will, will give him that starting job and will give him an uh, opportunity for to uh, succeed. He also put out on his Twitter uh, on Monday just some highlights of some throws that he's made, I believe in spring games and different things like that for the Wildcats. And I'll tell you, kid's got an arm, really, really talented. Again, I really hope somebody picks him up. This is not just your average Joe quarterback. I would love to see Scalzo uh, find himself on a uh, group of five or even power five roster uh, and potentially get to the uh, the opportunity to start. Bo Allen is the uh, is the is the uh, backup quarterback for Kentucky. As I mentioned earlier, Scalzo was third string uh, on the team, so he was kind of buried under Allen. And then obviously the emergence of Will Levis. I mean, after after a brief quarterback battle uh, earlier this season, Will Levis is going to be taking the reins. Levis was actually asked on Monday. If he uh, if he had thought about entering the NFL draft because he has two years of eligibility left and he said he hadn't really thought about it, he would uh, have to uh, look and see what the future holds. So uh, Kentucky, uh, I think they've got their guy figured out at quarterback. I think Levis is going to come back. I would be very surprised if he if he decided to leave. And uh, I think the the depth there with Bo Allen and Patrick Delonte, uh, I, I hope I. I Delahunty, Hunty, excuse me. Uh, I I, uh, I hope that the uh, depth there is enough, and I think that Kentucky not doesn't necessarily take a huge hit uh, with the loss of Scalzo. But I will say this: whoever throws to these receivers for Kentucky next year, they are uh, they're going to have a plethora 
of guys that they can look at. Wandale Robinson's probably going to leave. I would hope that he wouldn't. Josh Ali is going to be gone. Uh, Isaiah Epps is going to be gone. He's a senior. You look at some of the athletes and the receivers that Kentucky has coming in. Obviously, Barry and Brown, huge pickup. Just a uh, just a few days ago on on uh, November twenty fourth, four star receiver out of Nashville, Tennessee. He could be big for the Wildcats. Dane Key, another four star wide receiver. Destin Wade, an athlete. Uh, Trevion Longmire, uh, Jordan Anthony, Josh Caddis is a three star tight end. Brandon White, five foot nine, three star receiver, and then Taj Harris uh, transferring in uh, from Syracuse to play for the Wildcats. I mean, take the athletes out. I think that you look at the receivers alone, they've got a couple of four-star guys coming in. This is going to be a very talented receiving core. It might be extremely young, but Kentucky, goodness gracious, look at this class. I mean, would you have thought three or four years ago that this would be even possible? 13th in the or 13th nationally, excuse me, not 13th in the SEC. That's reserved for Vanderbilt and, and Florida and Auburn. 13th nationally, 4th in the SEC. They got a five-star coming in. They've got all these four stars. This is a legitimate class, and they've got some legitimate athletes and some uh, receivers uh, coming in. Would love to see uh, who who's at quarterback next season because I think uh, regardless of who it is, I think they're going to have some promising guys to throw to. So the depth at, uh, at a quarterback is good, and I think the pieces around uh, whoever plays QB for the, the Wildcats next season is in good hands. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Do me a favor, go head on over and make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at Pound. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. I will see you all tomorrow. Go Wildcats! And God bless.